Welcome back to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast and furniture accessory show. <laughs> Sponsored by Mattress Mart. <laughs> we'll tell you more about that. First, uh, what's up, Jason? You did. T- so we had done, the, you know, we had a conversation the other day about <laughs> mattress stores potentially being a front for money laundering. This was not on the air. This is why we're waiting for our <laughs> guest from Bourbon House to get on. And you tagged me in a you tagged me in a Facebook post, Brian. Well, I think something, something. What was that like a furniture? Yeah, thing? So, yeah. So for some reason, I'm getting like, like, uh, you know, like the the sofa covers, like, yeah, different like kind, of, you know, yeah. designs or whatnot. And then like, I like, I remove the post and like suspend <laughs> like the user. And then it comes up and it comes up and it's like, are we in a, a like, point these days where you, furniture you, stuff on the you can't block things? It's just like there forever. So we just make a joke out of it. It's like, hey, I got a sofa cover for you, young rock and roll band spilling beer. No problem. You got your sofa cover. It's not a Kiss trademark sofa cover? You figure <laughs> well, they'd if, have those. If Gene Simmons gets wins of it, it will be. I mean, do they not put their name on anything? Yeah, there you go. Does Kiss have, since we well, mentioned a little bit of Kiss, um, yeah, does Kiss have a sofa sofa cover? They have, they have they, to. They have condoms. They have caskets. <laughs> they got all the C's covered. Condoms and caskets. Dying from Pantera is buried in a kiss casket. That's right. He is. That's true. <laughs> true story. I love this guy so much. He got a kiss casket to be buried. That's just I'm just baffling. Anyway, I am not a conspiracy theorist, but I will say I do feel like all these mattress stores and these strip malls, because there's a billion of them, mm-hmm. it's a front for something illegal. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So what do we got? Uh, what do we got? Show alerts coming up. Uh, I know, like uh, the Thunderbolts are going to be opening for Marshall Tucker. Yes. Um, and that is February fourth at the Atlanta Sympathy Hall. Is that their Marshall Tucker fiftieth anniversary 50th. with the Thunderbolts opening? Well, they're on a pretty good run. I know they played with Marshall Tucker Band before. They just got off those New Year dates, New Year's Eve dates with our buddies in Blackberry Smoke. Now they're back with Marshall Tucker. So uh, they're getting a lot of really good shows, man. Yeah, are they? Um, I saw the other thing where they're trying. There, there's some place where they're trying to get the Thunderbolts and them Dirty Roses. Here, I got it right here. Sixes Tavern. So it kind of sounds like they're you know trying to. Uh, 
someone's trying to get those two there. I don't know why there would be an issue with it, but would, yeah. who would all like to come see them Dirty Roses and the Georgia Thunderbolts at Sixes Tavern of Cartersville? Will this be a hell of a show or what? Let's see if we can't make this happen. Why don't they just trying go? to promote oh, it? Yeah. So our buddy Matt Wake had a write-up about driving and crying. No, I actually he haven't. Did. I haven't. I just read a little bit. I will read the whole thing soon, but. Yeah, I linked it on our website, as we always do with Matt's articles. One, because he's a friend of ours. Well, number one, because he's a really good rock writer. And I always say, hey, he's the best kind of current rock writer out there. I believe that. Number two, he's our friend, so we like to promote his stuff. But he's first things first, he's just a great writer and writes writes about bands that you and I really like and, and kind of some of the stuff about the podcast bands. Driving and Crying being one of them. They they broke in that in mainstream Southern rock music before the Black Rose did. Right, right. And Matt is from Huntsville, Alabama, which is a good segue into our guest, who is not originally from Alabama, but lives near Alabama, or li- lives lives in Alabama near Huntsville, Rain, Rain, Rainsville, Rainyville, something like that. I it's a town <laughs> I, I I not heard of before, but we'll just we'll go with Huntsville. Now it's Mr. Rick Jones from the band Rick Jones and the Wayward Sun Band. It's he's a transplant from Portland, Oregon, where he did a lot of stuff, blues and rock music and Southern rock forever. Now he's in Alabama with this new band, making music, recording at Muscle Shoals and getting ready to hit the circuit down there, Brian. Yeah. And it's always good to hear about like artists that aren't as well known. Well, a lot of our bands are our bands. A lot of the bands we talk to, you know, also aren't like super huge. So it's nice sometimes to just kind of like learn about the artists as we're doing, doing the show. Well, Rick, Rick has a big history, right? He's been in, in doing music for a long time. So this is a different band or whatever form. So a lot of people might not know it, but he is a true veteran of the music industry. And it's kind of cool to hear and see what he's doing right now with this group. So uh, you guys uh, sit, kick back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with Rick Jones from Rick Jones and the Wayward Sons. We're at the guest segment of the podcast, and I always throw it over to Jason to tell you guys who we're talking to today. Thank you, Brian. As always, it's my pleasure to introduce our guest today. We have Mr. Rick Jones from Rick Jones and the Wayward Sun Band. How you doing, Rick? Doing well. Good to see you guys. I want to call you like the Wayward Sons or the Wayward Saints or like, yeah, <laughs> I had to fight the urge to say that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can carry on that. my Wayward Son. It comes up, that comes up sometimes, but not too often, but once in a while. We got another friend that's got a band called Wayward Saints. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. Out of Canada, he does a rock radio show, Mr. Darren Flower and the Wayward Saints. And nice. I was like, Brian likes to make me do the intros because he knows I'm always going <laughs> to screw up something. It's like, that's it's, up, a that's up. it's a setup. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks for joining us, man. It's good to have you on here. Happy to be here. Excited. And so tell us where you're at again in Alabama. Yeah, so I'm uh, located in the Rainsville, Alabama area, just uh, about an hour uh, from Huntsville. Oh, cool, nice. Right That's on. a good area. Yeah, I like it out here. So, you guys are getting ready to get a nice new outdoor <laughs> amphitheater. 
Huntsville? I think I think they are. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking. I've kind of been watching. I'm hearing some some uh, going on about Facebook on Facebook about that recently. So I'm been checking into that here every so often. So how'd you get your start in music, Rick? You know, um, probably about the age of four, uh, I started taking piano lessons. Wow. And, uh, you know, pretty young age, but, um, you know, growing up a musical family, we all had to learn an instrument or sing music or, or whatever. And, and uh, growing up in church, as I did, playing gospel and piano. And uh, my mother was a part of a, a singing group that we traveled across the West Coast. Uh, and those Jesus music, you know, music hippie kind of coffee shops growing so up. So like West Coast, like California West Coast? Yeah, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. That's where I'm from oh, originally. Oh, okay. Because okay. yeah, I was looking at your website. You guys done stuff like the Portland Marathon and like all this stuff, Pacific Northwest yeah. and West. I'm like, he's from Alabama? Like, what the heck? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, Portland's my hometown. Grew up there. Yeah. Did a lot of my music experience there growing up. But, uh, um, you know, basically just the family was doing music and playing and singing. And I just got hooked up with it when I was a young age. And it stuck. Obviously, I've been doing it for a long time. And, and it's been it's been good to me all these years, you know. How do you end up in Alabama then? How how's that all come about? Uh, yeah, getting kind of personal there, which is a good question. Um, uh, my fiance lives out this way, uh, lives out here, and uh, when she and I connected, and I decided to make the move to be out here with her, um, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's been a really good move for me personally and professionally. Uh, love her to death, and she's been a really big supporter and proponent of my music. And, um, you know, she comes from her own background in music as well. So we all, it just, it just worked out for both of us, you is, know. Is being in Alabama, is that like better, do you think, for your genre? I mean, was there this kind of stuff, blues rock stuff going on in Portland or, or do you see it more down there? Because we always want to ask our guests, like, what the scene yeah. is like, where they're around or from. That's a good question. You know, there, there is a scene there in, in Portland, uh, of the especially in the blues scene. It's a big blues scene there. The Southern Rock, there's some. Uh, I don't think it's as prevalent as it is out here, personally. I mean, you think Muscle Shoals, you think Alabama, right. you think South, you think Southern Rock music. That's what I would do, personally. But um, I feel there's definitely a, a lot more uh, push for it, a lot more support for it um, out this way. And I've seen really tapped into that uh, that feel of it, too, just being out here. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Muscle Shoals when we were chatting on the Messenger. Um, yeah. What, what, what's your experience with that thus far? What have you done? You know, uh, this, since this first uh, project I've worked on, Roots Run Deep, my first EP that I, I just finished just a few months back, uh, I got it all cut in Muscle Shoals at Wishbone Studios. Okay. And uh, Billy Lawson uh, was the producer that I worked with. He's a songwriter as well in his own right. Guy's phenomenal writer. And uh, from the very beginning, he and I worked together, uh, getting these songs together and produced and and uh, released. You know, so my experience there was, um, Muscle Shoals is a world unto itself. You know, the vibe, the pace, the way things are done, musically speaking, uh, in studio, and just working in that area, even just not the studio itself, but the town. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a completely different vibe to it than from what I'm used to, to being in from the West coast, mm-hmm. you know, um, but all for all in a positive sense, you know, um, and never knowing who's going to walk into a, to the studio, especially working at Muscle Shoals, Muscle Shoals or Wishbone uh, with the, the countless, you know, 
talented musicians and artists that walk through that studio or that town uh, during my experience working with Billy uh, is incredible. You know, just the people that walk in and say hello or just checking the studio out or uh, saying hi to Billy just in passing uh, was pretty amazing to experience that. You know, saw these great players that played with Percy Sledge and worked with, you know, the Jackson Five and all these groups that really have history in this in this town and in the music scene. So, so I'm not as familiar with uh, with Wishbone. Uh, what can you tell me more in depth about that, about who else has cut records there? Or? Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, just offhand from my time there, I know that before he passed away, um let's see um well let's see if you know phil driscoll from gossip he toured and played with uh oh gosh um joe cocker his band mm. phil driscoll's the trumpet player in, in in the area um i think of the other artists that have worked there if you if you guys are familiar with um uh clayton ivy if you're familiar with him at all he's a he's a well-known piano player he's one of the the, uh, the original um swampers okay oh really oh yeah he wow. has worked with if you look him up online uh clayton ivy um his body of work he he was featured on two of my songs on my ep which i was thrilled to work with the guy and uh he's played with diana ross he's played with he's recorded with percy sledge he's recorded with the jacks the, the jacksons i mean mm -hmm. the guy's resume is endless mm -hmm. and you know um having people like that work in the studio like clayton and um people of his caliber has just been amazing you know so you, you go to if you go ch check out as a little you know a shout out to billy and his studio at wishbone just go to wishbonestudios.com um the history in that studio is a pretty pretty amazing it's, it was a pretty awesome experience for me to work there and with him Right. So it's like what you say, Rick Jones and the Wayward Sons, did that start after you got to Alabama? Was there that going on in Portland or? You know, uh, it, it kind of started in Portland. Uh, you know, when COVID hit, of course, you know, I've been playing for a long time. And when mm -hmm. COVID hit, that obviously affected everybody in the music, the music industry, you know, in one way or another. And I felt that at that time during that break, I would kind of reform things, take some of something of a hiatus and um, create this whole new group, Southern Rock, which is my, you know, primarily my background in music and, and the influence I've had, it's had on me for a long time. Um, it was really when I got here that things started to really formulate and really pull together some amazing musicians to form that Wayward Son group uh, to perform with at these shows and um, rehearsals and, you know, uh, working together in this music. It's been um that was basically the proponent once i got here that was like okay this is really happening we're doing this there's no better time like the present you know I've wasted i'm not one to waste time mm -hmm. just get this you know so uh having those musicians come together with me um really drove me to to make this happen once and for all so who is who do you have in your band so I kind of have been running it as lately because of obviously shows haven't been as prevalent mm -hmm. in the last, you know, year or so, but things are obviously picking up again in the music scene as far as shows. And I've worked with uh, some players from, there's a local band called the Dixie Mafia. Um, and I know when they hear this interview, they're going to be, you know, really happy to hear about this because <laughs> these guys in Spain are pretty amazing. 
Um, they've all performed and toured with uh, many bands over the years in their own right. These guys are incredible players, bass player, Steve Vickery, um, their drummer, Rick Kennedy. Um, you Love know, the name of it. That's a great name. Yeah, Dixie Mafia. These guys, when I when I came here to visit originally back in April of last year to visit before I moved here in May, um, I saw a concert with them. My my girlfriend and I was, would see a concert of theirs in town. Mm-hmm. She knows them real well. She introduced me to them. You know, the level of musicianship just blows me away. And having that as players to go to, I kind of run things kind of like, forgive me for saying this or using this as an example, Greg Allman was a big influence on me, musically speaking, the Allman Brothers Band. Sure. There was never, there was only a few members that were actually ongoing members all the time in that band. Occasionally, he'd have people come in and obviously, you know, work with him too. And that's kind of how I run things with this band. There's always someone there. I've got a core group of guys that I work with, a bass player and a drummer that I have. And when I have to pull in an additional player, like a guitar player or or have you, um, pulling from the Dixie Mafia, pulling uh, a, a member from a local band called Outlaw Apostles. They're based out of you know the Alabama area. They're really well-known, great band, young guys, great musicians. And... Um, you know, it's, I'm able to, to pull from that pool of players, which is really, really great. Uh, moving forward in the next couple of months, when I start going on the road, uh, this late spring, when, when things start to pick up again, because we're working on shows right now. Um, you know, I'm working with guys out of Nashville. So I'm really, I feel fortunate and blessed to work with some really cool musicians that are open to playing and performing. And you just can't ask for better musicians to work with, honestly. Yeah. You know, so I'm really, really happy about that. You know, you could certainly see your Greg Allman influence because you play the organ and you, and you yeah. sing, you know, uh, is, uh, is that like your band and your artist? Uh, as far as go to, you mean, as far yeah, as I my, mean, is that like your favorite? You know, it, it would have to be. I know there's a lot of different, uh, you know, with, with the Allman Brothers growing up, listening to a lot of their earlier stuff. Um, you know, for me, I really uh, because like, obviously growing up in church and playing the piano and organ in church. Um, I really wanted to have that influence, really have that influence of Greg Allman and uh, the style, the vibe, the feel that he just put out performing from the organ, whether it was behind the guitar or primarily, obviously, the B3. And for mm-hmm. me, that instrument was just like, it was my go-to instrument. Oh, yeah. Um, the rock sound, that B3 organ is just it classic. Is. Yeah, it really is. And for me... You know, when I leave from the, the B3, the organ, whatever I have, um, I feel I just kind of emulate emulate that. And I feel that that energy and I just love doing it. So that's why I do it the way I do. So uh, people seem to dig it and, and it works, you know, so. So you just moved to Alabama from Oregon a year ago? Uh, it'll. Yeah. So I got here. May 1st was actually my first day here. Okay. Okay. Uh, last year in, in uh, Rainsville. So um, I'm still a newbie, obviously. Yeah. No, but, you didn't pick uh, up the accent yet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know there's times I catch myself when I'm having a conversation with uh, my fiance, Tracy, yeah. I will, there'll be an inflection there once in a while, but you know, that West coast things is still there. It'll be there for a long time, but sure. I find that kind of creeping in now and then and certain words that I, I say or use or, I laugh at myself, but I'm still a West Coast guy. You yeah. Know? So. Since we've been doing this podcast, I say y'all a lot. 
What are y'all doing? <laughs> like, to just a, around here, you know, not, not, even, on, a not even on the North podcast. Dakota, either, too. Right, yeah. yeah. Dang. They don't use a lot of y'all in North Dakota, I'm going to guess, Brian. <laughs> right. Oh, they, oh. <laughs> they don't use a lot of y'all in Ohio. There's pockets geographically, yeah. especially to get closer to, like, West Virginia. But yep. not, you know, it's not prevalent <laughs> in Ohio either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I say every now and then, once in a while, but um, it's I just laugh at myself when I hear it. I come out of my own mouth, but it's funny. So it it fits with the people we talk to, the style and genre of music. Yes. So you know, people that listen to the podcast, I you know, I don't think anybody has any complaints. No, stick <laughs> with a grain of salt. So it's never using an issue at all. What were you doing in Portland? Like, what was your you? It wasn't this current band right like this you form these guys or this group specifically in alabama correct yeah so i you know i fronted over the past uh, being from portland and growing up there in, in the last i'd say in these last oh since about 2000 and maybe 2008 2009 um you know having bands i fronted like a kind of a classic rock kind of thing i've always had mm -hmm. that southern rock feel to it having always led from the keys or the organ because I always wanted to portray and emulate that. And, and cause I know there's always great guitar players out there that lead from the guitar. They've got the guitar players and the vocalists. And it's not always the common thing to see someone leading from the keys. It's not a lot, mm -hmm. you know, um, especially these days. So, you know, back in Portland, I was running, you know, some rock and roll bands and some Southern rock stuff as well. And, and, um, but it really wasn't until I got here that that really started to take shape and the this, this, this sound and especially wanting to cut music here. I wanted to have that Muscle Shoals sound. I've heard about it. I was familiar with it. I just had never really experienced it myself until, until recently, you know. So, um, uh, but that's kind of where things started for me in Portland. I mean, I've been playing for a long time beyond that, but in the last 10 years, it's been primarily just a lot of rock and roll. Um, I mean, listening to acts like obviously the Beatles and the Stones and, and obviously the Almond Brothers and, and the Skinner and all those, the Eagles were all of my influence musically, you know? So I, I tried to kind of really kind of build off of that over the years. And it's, it's worked pretty well um, because I think people really appeal to that style of music, you know? And so I've always tried to inflect that in my shows or my singing or the, the songs that we perform. And it's, it seemed to work over the many years, at least recently. So. So how much playing out live have you guys been, been done so far? So in the last few months, cause obviously uh, with things opening up again and I mean, obviously so being new here, you're getting to know the venues and the club owners. And, and I've just recently signed with a, uh national booking agency which has been really awesome oh, to get great. hooked up um i'm right really on. excited but uh recently i did a show um in uh florence right in florence alabama at okay. the uh, theater community theater did kind of a, a preliminary uh here's some new songs for you guys to enjoy that just we just cut i had the guys from dixie mafia back me in that group we had the outlaw apostles perform uh a friend of mine from nashville uh, who's written for uh, if you guys are familiar with um, Warren Haynes from Government Mule. Of course. Yep, of course. Come on, yeah. man. We do a Blues and Southern Rock podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say those those guys, Warren Haynes and Government Mule, one of my favorite bands oh, of all sure. time. And my buddy Ray Sisk, who I, I, I just did one of the songs on my, my new album called Beverly, 
it's kind of a kind of an Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very mellow yeah, song. It is, yeah. And uh, Ray has written for Warren Haynes on a few songs of his. So Ray was a part of his uh, as well. And so it was a really great concert to have. I want to include some local acts to promote what they were doing and also promote my music as well. Uh, that was back in September. And then we did a couple of shows in Birmingham uh, for a, uh, a gentleman who's running for U.S. Senate out of Arizona. Hmm. That was a lot of fun. And we so did you a- played a, ba- a show in Alabama for a guy who's running for Senate in Arizona? Yeah, he's got supporters all over the U.S., you know, so it's a little interesting. But-, but they can't vote for him in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Not legally. <laughs> no, but it's but it's sure nice getting a really good review yeah. from him yeah. on mm-hmm. Facebook out sure. recently. And we'll work with him. Uh, you got to build the clients, you know, right. and, and mm-hmm. have, so we'll work with him again, hopefully in November at his victory party in, in Arizona. And uh, we played a, a big private event in Miami Beach. That was a lot of fun for a, a wow. billionaire. That was a lot of fun. For a so, billionaire? Yeah, he's got worth like, I don't know, seven, eight billion. I don't know how much the guy's worth, but, you know, it was super nice people, great hosts. Um, how do you get of- a gig playing for a billionaire? Um, I don't know, man. It was just kind of a crapshoot. My management called me up and said, hey, you want to play a show in Miami Beach? I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. You know, so I got the details and we, we flew out to Miami Beach and, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. I mean, the, the, the owners, the people that hired us were really super, super humble, nice people. Um, they love the music. They, they love the vibe. Uh, we've got new friends out there. They'll hire us again sometime down the road this year. They can afford and- it, obviously. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah, once you meet these people, they're like, they're just like everybody else. They just sure. have a little bit more black in their, their bank, you know? Right. So they just fly around in a gold plated helicopter. just like everybody else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I played for clients like that before in the past. And, yeah. you know, it's, always, they're just super down to earth. They want to have a good time and they want to have good music. So we got hired and it was just, it was a great experience. Spent about a week there afterwards. It was just a lot of fun. Did you, you play know, at their house or did they have some setup for you somewhere else? Okay. Yeah, they had big setup at their house facing the bay in Miami Beach. Wow. Uh, it was beautiful. I got some pictures on the website from it a little bit on Facebook, but um, the people were super, super kind. And the promoter, uh, who's a great friend of mine now, his name is Urson Jurgen. He'll hear the podcast. Super, super sweet guy. Put the show together. And uh, now we're friends and we're just talking on Facebook and staying in touch. And so it was a really good time. So those have been the only shows we've done just this last year. And I didn't expect to do much until probably starting in maybe mid, mid to late March, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to really prepare. And uh, now signing with this new uh, booking agency, uh, they're currently working on some shows for me, uh, some casino residencies in Southern Oregon. Uh, some other shows as well. So really, it's now time to really buckle down and just prepare for these shows that are going to be planned for for the year. So I wanted to have a little bit of time, a little bit of buffer to prepare things before that starts happening, you know, this late spring. So so you mentioned uh, Dixie Mafia and Apostle Outlaws. Uh, anyone else that you've come across in the blues rock genre, Southern, you know, uh, you know, legitimate country, any of that uh, blues players? Uh, that are like you know your your contemporaries your peers that that you've caught an eye for or you know um i mean honestly not a lot out here i know there's a lot of that out here uh because i'm still learning the area obviously still as far as musically speaking and who's out there what bands 
but I am seeing a lot of good mixture of these blues and Southern rock bands. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of music's based out of it, out of anyways, you know, uh, hearing say like the outlaw apostles, which is this really great group, uh, here out of the area. And, um, they've got a lot of that mixed in. They have a lot of great original material and I'm always for promoting other bands. You're asking me for influences or people that I see that I, that I notice. They're definitely one of the bands I noticed that are on the scene that are just making a mark on this music scene um, with their, their music, because they've got a lot of the Southern, they've got a lot of Eagles kind of influence. Mm-hmm. Hearing some of the music, I hear some of the, some blues influence a little bit, not a lot, but some mm-hmm. um, being from Portland originally. Um, and coming from a big blue scene out there as well. You know, my influences out there were um, that on the West Coast and and um, even um, traveling in, around the, the U.S. as I have, playing different bands and such. Um, there's groups like Hazel Miller. There's groups like, um, that's a, she's a great blues, she's a great blues artist out of the West Coast and, and uh, um obviously listening to the Almond brothers and, and uh, uh, a lot of the old players. I, I listened to a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot of the stones growing up. There's a lot of good yeah. blues their stuff. And I, I tend to obviously lean toward a lot of more, the more of the A-list players that I hear that, mm-hmm. I, that really influenced me over the years. So I kind of stick with that. Cause that's really a lot of my, my background and my influence for playing comes from, you know, honestly. So, Along with, like you mentioned, Greg Allman being such a huge influence on piano and organ. Uh, yeah. Anyone else, any uh, blues piano players at all that, that, that have been an influence on you? Yeah, you know, uh, having piano been kind of my main instrument over the years and still is, aside from the organ, you know, I listened to, I listened to a lot of Billy Preston yeah. over the years growing up. God bless him. I know he's gone, but he was mm-hmm. a huge influence for me as far as just his energy. I mean, there's Greg Allman, there's, you know, Greg Raleigh from uh, Santana, you know, originally if you guys knew who Greg Raleigh is, I mean, mm-hmm. big, yep. player, amazing keyboardist, um, that bluesy kind of rock feel that he, that he portrays. Listen to, to, um, um, you know, Billy Preston over the years really got me into more kind of a bluesy soulful. Um, I kind of combined those players growing up and I really, really all their styles because they all have different each different styles you know and music that they play but there's still that that kind of blues rock kind of basis in, in their music and uh listening to their stuff really influenced me heavily over the years till, till now obviously had you ever been to nashville before you came out to alabama and what, what's been your impressions of, of nashville we went to a podcast expo last august and we were only there for a couple of days and i one day I got to walk around downtown a little bit and toured, uh, yeah. toured uh, the the, um, Ryman. <laughs> the Ryman and also RCA Studio B. So it was very cool. But yeah. I just I thought it was great, even just spending that little amount of time. What'd you think? You know, I have since, and you guys are going to laugh at me, but I have not yet been to Nashville since I've been here, even before oh. I moved out here. Never been. Um, there's an opportunity to go out there, hopefully in the next couple of months, maybe it might take a little bit longer. Uh, Cause I'll be working on some new material. Cause you always got to keep coming out with you know, yep. new music. And uh, uh, I have an opportunity here in the next couple months to go out there in the Nashville area to record. So I'm really excited about that. Cool. And, and um, but I have not yet been out there. I really want to get up to see the Ryman and RCA and, and um, 
it'd be great to, to go out and visit here sooner than later, but it'll happen. Not that far. Probably what? Five, six hour drive. Maybe that's about it. Really? It's yeah. not that, far, you know, so, um, it's on the calendar for sure, you know, so to get out there and record and, and see the scenes and sites and, uh, visit my buddy racist who's out, who's based out of Nashville as well. So I'm hoping to, to get out there sooner than later. Yeah. And hopefully the pandemic slows down. I think it will spring, summer, it'll be a whole different yeah. animal than it was these last couple of years and going places like that will be uh, not as stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially, I know that, uh, even cause I keep my ear to the ground pretty, pretty good. And, and a lot of my friends that I'm starting to build on Facebook and connections are based out of Nashville. And yeah. there's a lot of places that are still open before, you know, open gigs, which I'm really really thrilled to see and like there there is hope you know so for yeah. some guy in portland oregon originally there's hope you know so so did you grow up in portland you've been there until you i have a question yeah. about a musician from there um i don't know if you heard of it. a guy by the name of luther russell he was in a band called the freewheelers in la for a while he's he he's similar to this kind of genre but mm. just wondering I, him. I mean, if I saw a face or some music, I might recognize it, but Portland's a big city, of course, mm -hmm. you know, it is a small community, small music community, because everybody usually knows everybody mm -hmm. most, most of the time, but I don't know who that is. But okay. Yeah. Um, but I was born, born there and I grew up there. That's my hometown, you know, right so Portland native all the way. But I used uh, to spend a lot of time in Vancouver, Washington. Okay. Yep. A lot of time right. out there. The Couve, as they call it. The Coop is exactly what they call it. <laughs> it's uh, right across the river. It's great right town. across the river. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Good place to be from, you know, being from Portland. Uh, I love that I get to call it where I'm from, my hometown. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's definitely a good place to be from, but uh, it's definitely polar opposites from living here, from being sure. from, from Oregon. But uh, there's good and bad on both things, I think. But uh, mm -hmm. it's a good place to be from. What are some good venues that you played in in Portland or good venues to, to just play at? All around, you know, uh, I grew up, since growing up in Portland, one of my first places I performed at was called the Candlelight Lounge. Mm -hmm. And it's closed now. It was in Portland, downtown Portland, for a long, long time, even before I even thought of playing, you know. And I think I played my first gig there when I was about 19 or 20. When you can still, we can still play when you're underage, as long as you don't drink any alcohol, of course, you know. Um, but it was my first gig that I played at ever. Uh, just I, I sat in with some blues band. Um, the the artist's name was Norman Sylvester. He's a big blues. He's called the, the Boogie Cat in Portland, Oregon. And the Boogie um, Cat, I love that name. That's great. Name, yeah, Norman Sylvester is the Boogie Cat in Portland, Oregon. And uh, I was maybe 19 during the holidays and I, I went in because I'm like, I'm going to go. And I sat in and played a few songs with him and his band on the piano. And I'm like, I'm hooked. This is it. And uh, from that point on, uh, playing those kind of venues, uh, there's there's some great venues there in town. You know, uh, uh, you know, there's there's the candlelight. There's obviously um, a lot of little small little clubs around town. The, the bigger venues playing like the, the corporate gigs and the casinos and and um, there's there's always be a different band every single night. At one of the clubs there in, in Portland. Um, for me, I always go back. It's always close to my heart. Would be the candlelight. 
you know, because that's kind of where I got my start musically speaking, as far as performing in front of people really like at a club where people are smoking, drinking, having a good time and just there to hear, hear good music. And that was the, my place to really um, kind of where I kind of began really in, in the music scene professionally, you know, sure. so, but a uh, uh, great place to be from and good, good music scene around there. So what is your songwriting process like, Rick? Is there, do you sit down and say, hey, today I'm going to write a song? Is the ideas just come out of nowhere sometimes? How does that work for you? you know, the songs that I've written, because a lot of these songs, actually all the songs that are, that are on this EP, I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due. Um, these songs that are on my current EP have been written by Billy, uh, Billy Lawson and also by uh, another artist out of Nashville, who's now, I think he's based out of Alabama now, uh, James LeBlanc amazing songwriter um he wrote the song modern day bonnie and clyde for travis tritt mm-hmm. um so i worked with these guys and and uh, because i wanted to come up with something new and fresh and something that was going to fit kind of what i was looking to do with the muscle soul sound uh my songwriting because i have written some songs originally i plan on cutting a couple of them this year of my own material you know, it's really just a matter of it's it's influence, it's inspiration, it's you know, I kind of take from life experience. You know, when I when I've written my own stuff, my own material over the years, um, whether it's a heartache, whether it's experience you go through mm-hmm. as just as a, as a human being, um, it could be just certain words come to you, or it just could be out of life, really. You know. Um, not that I've I've cut it yet, which I'd like to this year. One of my own songs called uh, 10,000 Ways," which I've actually uh, I originally had written when I was uh, uh, living in Oregon, and um, uh, I had cut it with a, a former band of mine many many years ago, and uh, wanted to recut it with a new, fresh Southern rock kind of country rock sound. And that song really came to me because of just you know things you go through. It just whatever you experience in life. And that's kind of my process personally. Um, obviously other songwriters have different processes and experiences that they, that they have that cause them to write something down. So for me, it's about life experience. Right on. So what, what you're talking to, uh, you know, when we were chatting on Facebook about, you know, the things that are coming up for you in 2022, uh, just more touring, more recording, what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So, now that I've signed with uh, this national booking agency, uh, which I'm really excited about uh, working with their, not just their A&R people, but with their, you know, talent agents and, and management and touring. And um, so we're planning on putting some dates together. Uh, I've got working with a lot of my own contacts from Oregon. Um, I want to kind of implement that and utilize those resources. And so we'll be working on some residency dates at a, a Southern, uh, Southern Oregon casino. Uh, probably, hopefully, probably either uh, late spring or could be uh, uh, early summer, honestly, because they obviously like to book out. But uh, this company I'm working with, we're working on some uh, festival dates. Uh, I love the biker festivals. Those are one of my mm-hmm. fortes I work with. I mean, the music and just the vibe. I love it. Um, so working on some festivals and some, some, uh, some private dates. I'm going to be traveling out to Idaho in uh in august mid-august uh gonna be playing for a music festival out there in council idaho on i believe it's august the 18th on 18th or 19th it's on your website here yeah it's 
going to be a Friday, so I think it's going to be the 19th. That's my birthday, man. You got to give me a shout out for my August 19th. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I've got that one in the books already. Um, uh, the the uh, the the person I mentioned earlier, Jim Lehman, who's the U.S. who's running for U.S. Senate out of Mm -hmm. Arizona. Uh, they're planning their victory party in November. And so we're keeping that as a tentative date because, you know, being able to work with people like that, you want to have those endorsements and, and build really good rapport with these clients. Um, that's going to be on the books as well. But with this train company, um, they're currently working on some dates for me. Hopefully I'll have some announcements on Facebook soon about that on the fa- on, and also the website. Because uh, they're excited to work with me and I'm excited to be with them as well. So um, it's early yet because it's still January, but places are opening up. Uh, they're working on kind of building a tour for me based on what I have so far and what's going to be on the books here later this year. And it's just going to be a matter of just building some good shows, uh, some good runs. That's the plan. Uh, and, you know, including in that, like you asked, um, uh, it's always about working on new music. You know, so I've got to work on some new material here in the next couple months. Uh, to, to promote that as well and still kind of build that fan base and the following and really build really great buzz about the tunes I'm putting out. So um, that is the plan over the next, I'd say, six months really is to really get that all together. I would say by uh, late March, I should be, you know, back on the road uh, in front of people performing these songs. Uh, that is the goal. And that's, I think it's a pretty realistic right now based on what's going on in, in our you know, our music scene right now, personally and professionally. So I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm just ready to get it out there again. I think so, we're going to have a good year of live music in 22. I think that's, so. that's my feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really think so as well. I think things are opening up again and people are more open to going out. And I'll tell you, man, I've been just, you know, um, chomping at the bit to get back out there again, you know, so really get in front of people again. So is that like, uh, you know, besides the shows you mentioned, will it will be a combination of clubs. Will you headline some? Will you open? Will you do festival dates? Is it going to be, you know, all yeah. of the above? Yeah. So, you know, I, as you guys have probably seen from the website, there's some places I've played, performed at as far as festivals and mm-hmm. in the past. Um, you know, my, my team, we really want to utilize a lot of those types of leads because that's where I tend to perform the best. I mean, uh, we're definitely going to get in some clubs. Uh, there's talk of getting me some headlining gigs, which I'm really excited about. Um, some openers, some national openers, which uh, I love doing. I've done a few in the past with, you know, Grand Funk and with um, Three Dog Night and uh, the bands like that of that caliber. Yeah. Uh, always love those kind of shows because those guys, you know, um, they're great bands. Still to this day, you know, you call them with the retirement tours with those kind of bands. But honestly... They still got it. You yeah. Know? So I performing for them and opening for them. So there's definitely talk of getting me in front of, in front of some of those bands again, which I'm really excited about. When, when you get to open for, for those guys have been doing that for so long, what, what have you learned from them? What do they teach you? Are they, you know, about just playing touring, you know, you get to sit and uh, listen to them, tell their stories and give yeah. you pointers on this and that, or how, how, how tell us about that. You know, um, not always does that happen because obviously there a lot of these guys are just they're there to play they're there to have, they're there to have a good time perform mm-hmm. the crap get back to their you know their green room you know and i've helped uh on different events i've i've back in my days of helping other bands as far as like a point of contact or handler i've done a lot of that work over the years as also being a musician they just want to kind of go back to their rooms and kind of chill but in some experiences it's always been um 
pretty humbling, actually, because these guys are super cool. They're super nice. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, yes, they've got, they've had some great, great opportunities. That's their level of musicianship. They've had some awesome opportunities at a national level or international level. But when it comes right down to it, when they're done, they like to hang out and kind of chat a bit. And what's your influences? What do you like? Mm-hmm. You know, they're just down to earth kind of guys. That's been my experience mm-hmm. when I for three dog night at a biker rally, you know, a few years back and for grand funk and, and um, super sweet guys. They're just like, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. The one thing I've always taken away from it is their humility. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, you know, you think a lot of these guys are just prima donnas and yes, some of them are, mm-hmm. um, but the majority of them are just like, um, you know, for instance, meeting Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker band at a biker yeah. rally years back, a uh, band I was playing keyboards with, we'd opened for them. And, um, you know, just a great bunch of guys. I mean, these guys are icons, but they're just super cool, you know, and how you doing? We love your stuff. Great to meet you. You know, it's just so cool to meet these guys that have such hum- humility and uh, just an air about them that's just like they're approachable. And just fun to hang around. That's been my takeaway from from that experience over the years. And that's why I love doing what I do, because Mm -hmm. that is the way you emulate yourself at these kind of shows or just constantly or you should. And uh, these guys definitely do it, you know, so that's my experience. Right on. So usually we, uh, you know, a lot of times we'll have guitar players on, bass players, everyone's talk gear talk. So neither one of us play keyboards, but what what. uh, you have a specific, uh, what do you use equipment-wise and all your rigs yeah. and all that? Yeah, that's a good one because well, most of my friends are all guitar players, so I always chat about their guitars. and It's a lot easier to have multiple guitars. It is like multiple keyboards right and back pianos and organs. That's right. Um, uh, I mean, I been around. I've got my, my rig right behind me. So I, I use primarily, I'm a Yamaha and a Hammond guy. So... Uh, my go-to is, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping to get a you know endorsement here at some point. Uh, my my go-to Yamaha is a Yamaha MX88. It's the full 88 keyboard, super nice sounds, professional board, weighted keys, uh, all that stuff, all the weighted bells, keys. Yeah, I don't go, I don't go uh, Casio or things like that. Not just <laughs> flat, but you know. Um, but yeah, as far as piano, that's my go-to keyboard. My organ. Uh, is a Hammond. Uh, it's a SKX. It's a dual manual. Uh, I love the dual manual because it, it has the same feel, the waterfall keys, the same feel, the same kind of uh, texture of an actual Hammond organ that I love. Uh, it's definitely a lot easier to move around than actual full-size Hammond. But yeah, sure. I was just going to ask that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when I can, when I get the opportunity, especially like on the big shows, because you you got to have a writer, what you want, and, and yeah, it does happen sometimes, obviously. Um, I, do, I do love hooking up a nice uh, Leslie to my organ when mm. I get Because nothing beats that sound, man. No, just, no, you're right. You top and the bottom and the growling sound of that Leslie, just you can't mistake it, you know. So, yep. uh, but that's those are my go to boards. You know, as far as mics, I'm, I'm a big Sure mic fan. Uh, I got a really nice KSM 8 that I love to use for my vocal, my vocals. So, um i'm i don't like to use a ton but those are my go-to mm-hmm. go-to uh that's my go-to gear to use in my shows 
pretty classic, right? That's a pr- pretty classic setup with all that. It's. I think so. I mean, if I could get away with an upright, I would. Or I, my days you know, of yore, I've used, uh, you know, I've used an actual traditional um, uh, Rhodes Rose Electric piano. I've used a Wurlitzer. Uh, back in you know the nineties, I used mm-hmm. to use a, a Yamaha CP seventy, the big, you know, big stage electric pianos. But those days are gone. You yeah. know, easy as possible, but. I keep things pretty simple as much as I can. Right. And that's just less you have to also drag around and do and set up. And it, yeah. Well, yeah, the less you have to fly with. Sometimes it's nice to have those set up when you get to a show. But generally, uh, that's what I take with me when I'm on the road. Hard cases, I'm sure, when you're flying. Hard cases. Yeah. Anvil yeah. case um, are definitely it's, the way. You got to be paranoid, though. That would make me so nervous having to travel with that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, since I've got this new gear, I haven't tra- I haven't traveled on a plane with it yet. That's gonna change here this year. I know that for sure. But uh, you got a good road case. It's I've, all my gears insured. Uh, it's covered, which is super nice to have. And uh, so I'm not too worried about it. But there's always a risk. Mm-hmm. Always a, you know. So hand with kid gloves, it's usually just fine. Yeah, well, yeah. put a lot of trust in the airlines as well. <laughs> you have. Are yeah. You, are you looking out the window of the baggage handler <laughs> making sure? Yeah, I, <laughs> I've done that. Like, don't you dare move that key without asking me first, or this end up, you know. So better put that down gently. Yeah, I've it's usually anvil case. I have it wrapped with you know duct tape just yeah. just in case for some for some reason. But uh, but yeah, I've got good gear and I take really good care of it. And I always make sure it's taken care of on the road or if we travel, which we do a lot of this year it's insured so i'm not too worried about it so it's tough gear so mm-hmm. i've got my go-to gear place i use sweetwater for all my gear purchases. oh yeah great yeah got a rep out of there i love working with sweetwater so i love them to death so who's your keep... rep um you can you remember my name benjamin nielsen okay all yeah right. um i've been working with him for probably the last six months six eight months since i've been out here uh, love working with him. The gear is really good. I, I get something of a deal. Not not fantastic, but it's nice getting a little discount on deal now and then. As you guys understand that. If you ask so, nicely, they work with you. They do, and generally they they have no problem giving it. You know, okay. uh, it's nice kind of getting that little extra money off the top and, and save a few bucks. You know, so. Well, my 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 rep is Dave Dunsire, who's wonderful. Dave, if you're listening keep doing the excellent work. Nice. My wife, my wife loves, I spend money with you. Um, yeah. That nice TV yellow Les Paul special. I got a couple of years ago. It was a demo they had on sale. I called him and he, I'm like, what's the best deal you can give me? And he, yeah, he did a really good job. And next thing I know it was shipping towards heading towards me. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I just like the way they work and I've been happy. I, I usually find one person, one company I like to work with. I stick with them. I like to be true to what they're doing. So Sweetwater's done done really right by me i've been out to that place too it's about a two hour and 10 minute drive from where i am right now and by columbus ohio yeah so i went it's great like it's this mega compound and they've got a really cool showroom they have a piano showroom with actual like hundred thousand dollar and hundred fifty thousand dollar pianos in it wow a lot of cool demo stuff you can do and they have a they have a food court um they have an arcade they've got like a hair salon they have a doctor's office for their employees in there it's (laughs) it's it's crazy. I'm in the wrong business now. I get back to the corporate world. I should go back to the corporate world and go work for Sweetwater. You know, right? So. You should, yeah, man. Like this, <laughs> it's it's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. And people there are super nice. And uh, yeah, so there you go. 
Sweetwater yeah. Music. Yeah. Brian, we need a sponsor. Sweetwater Music sponsor this you podcast. Go. Come on, hey. we're talking nice. Sweetwater and the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Waffle House in this on these conversations. So I got to ask a question too about keyboard gear that I that I that I don't know. I don't think, and just would always wonder, like, what kind of application do you guys use? So that's a really great question. You know, I've used amps over the years with my with my rigs uh, up up until like the last year. Um, you know, I, I tend to go with my my go to is Roland. Okay. That was my go to for for amps because they make great keyboard amps. Behringer had some really great keyboard amps as well. Not a, uh, not to. You're not them, running but, direct a lot to the to the sound, the board. No, okay. I am. Yeah, I used to yeah. before I learned before I knew better. Um, right. You know, in my younger days, I always used an amp, and yeah. I'm like, this isn't sounding right to me at all. You know, so um, I always go direct. A couple of good DI boxes. Mm-hmm. I always have usually. Um, <laughs> I usually have three, you know, uh, or four, depending on what I'm using, because I got to mic the Leslie's and the keyboards and such, but I just go direct. It's just the easiest way to go. You mm-hmm. know, uh, a couple of good wedges or I use, I, I use my, uh, I'll use, uh, IEMs, um, love going the in-air monitor way as well. Love doing that. But, uh, yeah, just a good couple of keyboard amps, but direct is the way to go. Right on. So yeah. uh, we might be getting close here to kind of wrapping up. And usually uh, we kind of have this thing we do at the end. And I asked Jason, Jason is at that time of the show. It is lightning round time. Rick, if you wouldn't mind sticking around and doing some fun questions with us. Sure. All right. These are simple, easy things. Don't think too hard about them. You know, they're okay. just kind of fun stuff. Okay. All right. What is the first record you ever got? Uh, Beatles White Album. Ooh, that's wow. good start right there. Good start, right? Do you have a particular song on that album that really stuck out to you? Oh man, now that's a that's that's a tough one. Um, I, I wish I had a favorite. I didn't because I just loved. I just loved it all. I mean, if, if, if that's an answer, I can give that as an answer. That's what I have because I just I can't pick just one song off that album. I really love. I just love them all. Honestly. That's fair. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Okay. What about? Beatles, Stones, Zeppelin. Who are you choosing? Oh, man. Um, Stones. There you go. Brian yeah. and I, thumbs up. Although Led Zeppelin is one of my all-time favorite bands. Yes. But you can't great go wrong band. with the Stones. Yeah, great band. And I believe uh, John Paul Jones liked to break out the B3, didn't he? Did he play B3? Or what was he playing when he did Keys? I think he did play. Uh, I forget what he actually played when he did keys. It may have been, gosh, I don't know, man, what he played. But I know there was occasionally where he played a B three. But yeah, maybe Hammond. I don't know what he was doing. But yeah, sounded cool. I think he's yeah. very underrated. He's to me, he's the MVP of that band. He played bass, keys, mandolin, some guitar stuff. Yes, very, very musically talented. Yeah, definitely yes. Okay. Um, what is the first concert you went to? Uh, first concert I went to was, um, actually it was Johnny Cash. Wow. And I was probably 17 years old, maybe 16 or 17. It was at a, uh, uh, country music festival in Washington, Washington state. Um, and he was one of the headlining acts and I should be. Yeah. 
Yes. So it was Johnny Cash, where my the first concerts I ever really went to, big concerts. What was the name of your family band that traveled up and down the West Coast? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, you know, I actually don't remember that because it, my mother was it was a it was a singing trio is what it was. It was my okay. mother, it was her sister and her sister's sister's husband. Um, and us kids were just kind of part of it. We, we sure. would sing occasionally. So there was really no name for it. Um, it was just some, you know, Jesus music, hippie Christian band. Is what it was. Hippie Christian. I like that. <laughs> it, was. It, was, it was. It was big. It was like 1974, 75 when I was doing that, you know, and um, that's all I just remember hippies and, you know, <laughs> coffee shops and peace, and, love and understanding. Yeah. You know, tambourine. And, you know, that was it, you know, so. Yeah. The halcyon days of, the, of that of that kind of era, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, God, now I just blanked what I was going to ask you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, what is your favorite venue to play a show in? Favorite venue? Yeah. Man. You can pick any place to just go play a show like that you play. Like, hey, this is really some place I, I just dig. That I would like to play? or have That played. you have played in that you, that okay. you like. You know, um yeah, even though I've just moved here, um, and there's there were some great venues in Portland. Um, I actually really loved, and this is the big shout out to um, the owner of the Shoals Theater, honestly. Um, and I don't say that just because we just played there back in September, but just the way the room is laid out. If you guys have ever been there, ever heard of it? No. It's a really great venue in Florence, uh, Alabama, just down the road from Muscle Shoals. Uh, gotta be one of my favorite places to perform great sound great sound tech um what a, it's a great room awesome yeah. room to play yeah nice big stage it was awesome now i'm going to follow up with kind of what, what you thought the question was where's your favorite place to go see a show that would have that would have had to been uh red rocks in colorado would you see there yeah yeah have you guys been there no. no oh my gosh um first concert i went to i, I had lived in during my traveling days i lived in colorado for several years and one of the best concerts i'd ever been to was government mule mm-hmm. and almond brothers at red rocks and man that was a great concert um you're outdoors it's beautiful uh you see the stars when you're out you know seeing the bands play live um Everyone's there having a good time. The acoustics are just amazing. Uh, and that's on my that's on my bucket list to perform there someday. And it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Um, but yeah, one of the greatest venues I've ever ever been to for a concert. I've seen pictures. I've looked at it and like done the virtual tour. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's open to the public, too, when they're not doing a show. Like, you can go and climb it up did. and down the stairs and everything. Yeah. They have weekly shows there during the week when it's during summer months. They've got movies and they have bands open before that. And uh, the energy is amazing, man. It's such a cool place. So when, when you saw Almonds and Government Mule playing, did Warren play with both bands? Uh, I believe he did. It was, I forget what year. I was there in from, I was there from 2007 to 2013. I was yeah. there for So I'm sure he was, 
playing with both bands. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from Warren. Um, he's practically an almond brother anyways, you know. I mean, so. he's played with them longer than a lot of original and like earlier dudes who get known for the Almond Brothers That's band. That's true. Yeah, yeah, he has. So, I mean, he was with them in the 80s, right? We got Dickie brought him in or something. He was, yep. He he came in kind of for uh Dwayne, I think, at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been so many others, Dan Toller, those guys in that yeah. band. I think you know, he came in after Toller, maybe. I think he did, you know, yeah. it was like I think like mid-80s or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Back when Warren played a Strat, I mean, how crazy is that? Right? That's right. I think you never see him with a Strat on a Les Paul these days, but that's just me personally. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I think Les Paul suits them for sure, especially the sound. But that concert—that was actually the first time I ever saw Government Mule and Almond Brothers ever in in person. I'd never seen them in concert before, and just loved it. So, a lot of fun. I, I love Government Mule. Definitely one of my favorites. Have you heard their, the new album they have? It's like all blue stuff. I haven't yet, but I want to check it out. I've, I've seen oh, some check it out. Yeah. So, if you yeah. like blues music, listen to I it. I do. Yeah. It could be blown away. That's that's a good one. For sure. If you could play for one night with one band or artist, living or dead, who would it be? Oh, man. Um. It'd have to be Greg Allman. Like Twofold. solo Greg Allman or Allman Brothers? Allman, yeah, Allman or Brothers. here's your other option. Yeah, okay, All man okay. and woman, his thing was shared when they were married. Play with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see. Now, I've seen her on Facebook and we're kind of, you know, you, you get friends with people on Facebook. You don't really ever talk to artists and stuff like that. Um, you guys are familiar with Bonnie Bramlett, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if it was her on stage with Greg Allman and the band, definitely yes, I would do that. Um, just love her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a time I had a chance to perform with Greg's, one of his sons, uh, Devin Allman, yeah, many yeah. years uh, when he had his band, Honey Tribe. It was a great band, great yeah, guys. I, yeah, I have one of those records. Yeah. They came through Denver twice, and I was fortunate enough to sit in with, with them both times. I was working for, I don't know, Guitar Center at the time when I was there, living there in, in Denver. And uh, the band I was with was opening for them, and uh, I hooked up with Devin, got him some guitar strings. It was no big thing. It was kind of cool. He said, hey, you want to play with the band? I'm like, I'd love to. And uh, both times they came through town, I got to sit in with them and, and play keys and he's in his own right, an amazing player, singer, you know, taking what his dad has done, making his completely own thing out of it. I think it's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to be able to sit with Greg at the keys or just, you know, hey, man, the organ is your thing, man. That's I worship the organ. You know, for me, it's about that would be just a thrill of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, having the influence he had on me all those years and then sharing the stage with him and Bonnie Brown with the band. Hell yeah. Be a lot of fun, you know, so I could die. It'd be fine. <laughs> Is there a specific song you would absolutely have to play? Like if you're going to play with them. Yeah. I mean, out of so many songs they've done, even just like the songs as simple as one way out to, you know, Melissa or, um, it would probably have well, to one be- way out has a pretty good keys going on with that. It does. It really killed the keys on that. You yeah. Bit of, um, you know, 
keep his little piano on that. I think that probably would be one of them for me, honestly. Um, the rest, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm good with just one song. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that would that would be it. What is the greatest keyboard solo of all time? <laughs> greatest keyboard solo of all time. Oh, man. Or what's your favorite? How's that? Um, favorite. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That's a real tough one. I'm sorry. That's yeah, right. Guess. That's a, Yeah, man. There's a lot of them. You know, um... Is there something you like to play? Like if you're covering a song and you're just like, man, this is just freaking awesome. Well, actually, uh, it's not Southern rock. It doesn't have to be. It can be any kind of genre. I did. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, yeah it's, it's open, man. Go there. So I appreciate that. So obviously with the organ players, John Lord was another of my influences mm-hmm. from Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. And uh, their song, Hush. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's there's not a ton of it on there, but there's some really tasty organ licks on that yeah. song. It's a little bit I, of breakdown and stuff, yeah. That I just loved. And over the years playing in you know classic rock bands, I always had to cover those kind of songs. And I always loved being able to just kind of just rip one out uh, when I got the chance, you know. So that'd be a, that'd be a big one for me. That's that is a good one. Um, I've seen like the Black Crows cover that before, and that's always mm-hmm. fun oh, yeah. for all those guys mm-hmm. to do it. It's yeah. good, just a good song. Yeah, great tune. Yeah. What is a song that you wish you'd written that you hear, like a rock song? Like, man, that's so good. I wish I wrote that song. Yeah. Um, and there's been so many uh, that I could have gotten famous on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, man. You know, I, I guess it'd have to be, um, and there's no keyboard on it whatsoever at all um uh i've covered so much stuff over the years uh southern and rock and other kind of stuff um i listened to a lot of uh and i'll answer your question i'm sorry uh i listened to a lot of robin trower Mm -hmm. and one of the songs i wish i had written was two rolling stone you know i love to cover it vocally Mm -hmm. um even to this day, I'd love to cover that song. Once in a while, pull it out. But uh, it's just a great song. Great hook. Great lyrics. Um, I forget the guy. They're, they're a former bass player who used to sing on it. I don't think he's with us anymore. But um, I just love that song. Lyrically, it's just a great song. You know? So that'd be one of them. I wish I'd okay. written. Yes or no question. Can you play Axel F on the keyboards? What was that again? <laughs> Can you play Axel F on the keyboard? No, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about for Beverly Hills Cop? That the keep the keyboard yeah, theme the whole yeah. movie. I'm talking about yeah, <laughs> I put it that song like the plague. I'm like, I'm not playing that song. I will never play it. Um, that one. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be yeah. happy. I'll play the songs. <laughs> that song's in your. What's the worst keyboard centric song? Worst keyboard centric song. Yeah. That makes you ashamed to play keys when you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. Playing cover bands all those years. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. 
this is, there's a lot of cheesy stuff, you know, and love, they use a lot of keys to help like cover the cheese. Yeah, Love Shack. <laughs> there you go. Okay, well, that one, and yeah, it has to be Love Shack, but uh, you know, uh, um, that's a big one for me. Tin roof yeah. rusted, man. Tin roof rusted. That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> there's some keys on there but i won't play it. i just don't like the song i can't i can't do it too much keys for me yeah i uh i'm not a big b52s fan and i'm also not a big rem fan for whatever reason those bands yeah. just really never jive for me even though it was like right in the wheelhouse of you know being a kid and oh yeah yeah never never quite did it for me so no i'm with you i'm with you on the love shack <laughs> <laughs> what is a guilty pleasure artist or song for you that we'd be surprised to hear that you liked uh guilty pleasure or, or artist or song um, yeah yeah man that's hard um <laughs> we had a, we had a, a hard rock and blues band the, the other day tell us madonna so you know there's no shame oh, I, anywhere okay yeah um you know there's actually some songs I like of um, now I can't think of her name that you asked me the question. Um, actually, Lady Gaga, as a matter of fact, she's super talented, man. She is, you know, and I, she could me, literally sing like legit sing. Yeah. And I like I do like a lot of genres of music, not just the rock and the Southern and whatnot, because we all have to be appreciators of all sorts of genres of music. And honestly, I like a lot of her material, you know. Uh, I think it was it was after she did that thing with Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. from the, the remake of A Star Is Born. I'm like, man, she can really sing. You know, I think I really appreciated what she could do even more so after that. So for me, that would be that'd be my answer. She um, she was on uh, the Stern show a couple of years ago and she talked about her time getting started. And they, she was in a cover band and they do all these classic rock songs and like Zeppelin. And she did some acapella like Zeppelin. I was like, wow. Yeah. She could freaking sing. You know, Miley Cyrus can actually sing too. She does a she does a sing. She's doing a lot of classic rock covers. She can actually yes, has a voice. She can. Yeah, with all the hype, without all the hype and the messing yeah. around, she can really sing. Like her dad. I mean, she takes after her father. You know, mm-hmm. so that's got that real good skill. Yep. Yep. Can I do all a right. guilty pleasure? Yeah, absolutely, Brian. Come on. Because I was he, Jason always asks everybody that, and I just blank when I'm trying to. Fine with that. Uh-huh. What would I say? <laughs> Mine is uh, Shout by Tears for Fears just because of the bass solo in the middle. Because I'm a bass player. Actually, a great <laughs> I have a really great uh, organ part in that song, too. It's a know? good band, man. They had a, they yeah. had a solid run of hits. They've got some good stuff. There's no shame in liking Tears for Fears. For some reason, yeah. those, those pop keyboard bands from the 80s, like for some of that, just as a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I had a yeah. keyboard question of the 80s, too. Like, did you have a Yamaha DX7? Because everybody had the Yamaha DX7. Yeah, I did. It was one of like, this is like my second board. My first board was a Casio. <laughs> uh, my my second was a Yamaha DX7. That was my second board I ever had. It was it was cool, but I, I decided like, you know, I wasn't more so the synth. I wanted more more traditional, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, it was a cool board to have at the time. All right, my last question for you. Yeah. Tell us an interesting story from the road. And you've traveled a lot all over from, you know, from a young kid to an adult. Like, give us an interesting story from the road. Yeah, I've got one. Uh, so it was, it's been a, it's been a few years. Uh, my band was opening for, um, we were opening for Foghat at this uh, big biker rally in Eastern Oregon. And um, the act before us, 
he and I had similar kind of styles of like, you know, kind of, you you get your stage wear, you know, so very kind of similar. And we had this area where it was all set up and um, I was also kind of the, kind of the handler of all the regional bands coming in as part of my job for the, for the promoters uh, working this rally. And uh, he had gone on before us and um, this really great kind of small little regional act, kind of Texas kind of blues kind of act, really good guys. And uh, my stuff was hanging near their area. And uh, like my, you know, shirt, really nice, the kind of the cowboy with the piping and the cool hat and, and the boots and the, the slim jeans. And I had it all set out and uh, they go on and I'm like, great job. And I had to step away for a minute to help somebody else, another band member, something like that. And we're supposed to be on in like a half an hour and he grabbed my stuff. <laughs> uh my my outfit accidentally yeah he accidentally he wasn't on purpose but we had very similar kind of styles so the only difference was i had longer hair than him so that was the only difference between us honestly and our music and they were done with their set and i go back to my dressing area and i'm like where's my stuff and my hat's gone my my zip boots are gone my my cool shirt's gone i'm like what the hell's going on here and we're like i have a half an hour to go on on stage and i'm like I'm just going to go old school here. I just had my blue jeans and my, my black boots and a rock and roll t-shirt. I'm like, we're doing this, you know? And, and um, I'm like, I'm stressing out, looking for stuff. I'm like, where the hell is my stuff at? And come to find out, he said, I'm so sorry, man. I took your stuff. I thought it was mine. I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, yeah. the worst time to open for a big national act, but I mean, at the end of the day, it was a lot of fun. Open for freaking fog. It was a yeah. blast. No, no harm, no foul, right? For the whole thing. Uh, you wearing a uh, uh, you know black t-shirt, you fit right in. No one's mm -hmm. gonna care, you know. So you got over it. But it was that was crazy, you know. So <laughs> it was what it was. But it was it was crazy to happen. But and you did get your stuff back eventually, right? I did. Yeah, we ended up meeting okay. back back in Portland, and I got my stuff back, and we just had a good laugh about it. But at the time when you're opening for a big act like that, you're ready to go. You're you're in your mindset and stuff like that's happening. You just like what's going on you know but uh those things happen you just have to ro roll with it and just that would be it. good stage banters like hey guys getting ready to play and somebody stole my stage gear so here we go old yeah. school it was crazy but uh it happened but i'll never forget it man i mean you're ready to go and that mindset and like this happens it was nuts absolutely nuts Good thing you weren't wearing something like non-rock and roll, like a cardigan or just something, you know, like. <laughs> right. 80s band, like Tears for Fears or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. Like Tears for Fears. Yeah, yeah Brian, you know, like Tears for Fears. And the, you know, the collar, you know, so <laughs> definitely not my look. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, well, I think the t-shirt jeans are always work well, but I think your uh, other yeah. style is perfect. So, Rick, right. thanks, thanks for joining on joining hey, us yeah. tonight it's rick jones and the wayward sun band you got a brand new album out like we can get it's a six song ep yep. called roots run deep it's yep. where, basically wherever you am amazon apple pandora you can go anywhere and get it you can get it you can download tracks pay money right off your website to get them so absolutely you can yep where should we go to find out more about rick jones and the wayward sun band so right now you can just go to the website just waywardsunmusic.com 
is the is my primary website. It's got all the information as far as upcoming, you know, uh, news and and uh, um, the latest, you know, picks and updates and and everything. Live kind of videos, live performance videos on there. Yeah, there's a couple on there from our performance from the Shoals Theater, and there's also some some really kind of nice promo videos on there that were created recently. Uh, when I was cutting the, my my latest song, um, "The Best of Me." Uh, in the studio with Billy and there's some live stuff from the show and, and uh, there'll be more added soon here in the next few months, uh, which I'm really excited about. Got a Facebook page. I see any other social media we should check out. Yeah. Right now the, the Facebook group page is the only thing I have set up right now. Of course, I'll be adding more to that here soon. You're not on Twitter I've... fighting with people. No, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid on that. I won't do it. I'm sorry. It's um, a good choice. We're there you know, with you. Not that, but uh, right now, I think <laughs> the way to go. Okay. I mean, really, take the high road. Yeah. <laughs> I took the high road, staying on Facebook. And, uh, but yeah, the group page on Facebook is just Friends of Rick Jones, the Wayward Sun Band on, on Facebook. It's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a private group, but anybody can join. Okay. You know, and, um, yeah, that's the way to get a hold of me right now and check things out and see what's, what's, what the latest is, what's going on. Well, best of luck to you. We look forward to you to throw some shows out there to get entrenched in Alabama and that Southern rock scene. And we'll, you know, glad to promote you on the podcast anytime you want to be on here. Brian? Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. It's been a real pleasure. Good meeting you guys both. Right before we wrap up, I, I got one more uh, Portland, Oregon musicians question for you. Um, when you were coming up, whatever, were you aware of the band Black and Blue at all? Those days were that like cute. Near to me, actually. Yeah. What's that? That name is familiar to me from Portland. Yeah, because I used to be huge of the metalheads. So yeah, I was gonna say that's they're, a metal band. The big band from okay. Portland that went to L.A. Tommy Thayer ended up at Kiss. <laughs> that's right, he did. Yeah, he, and he's from uh, uh, he's from Aloha, Oregon. That's not far from where I grew up from, actually. Yeah. So yeah, right on. Well, that's thank awesome. you so much to uh, to uh, Rick Jones and the Wayward Sons. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on. Hey man, my pleasure, guys. Thanks, guys, so much. Thank you so much uh, to Rick Jones from Rick Jones and the Wayward Sons. Uh, it was it was really cool to hear about you know the things that were going on in Portland in the seventies and the eighties, and especially the hippie Christian band. <laughs> I could just see him and his family traveling down the West Coast, up and down the West Coast, in like the Partridge Family style band, like this painted old school bus, <laughs> just doing their thing. Well, it's just like crosses and stuff on it. I should have asked him about that. I thought about it; it popped in my head. I just didn't say anything about it though. You know, it's cool, too, to hear about, uh, you know, the other studio there that that uh, that he works in or has worked in mm -hmm. uh, besides it not being uh, Muscle, the, Muscle yeah. Shoals or Fame. That was pretty cool. Something to look into for sure, because I was not familiar with that as well. But he is uh, Rick's diligently working. He's got a six song EP out right now. He's he's obviously working on new tunes. He's, he's talking about. He's going to be getting a lot of show dates. He has a new national booking agent. So we're going to see and hear a lot more uh, from him. And I, I dig his stuff, man. I love that he's got that Greg Allman influence, plays the organ, sings, likes that style. Um, you know, it's I can't complain about that. Yeah, Wishbone Studios. I'm definitely going to have to take a deeper look into that. Uh, it's just cool that there's, you know, so much. You know, I don't know if there's like a ton of studios there, but it, seems more than it would be in a rural area. So that, that's, that's pretty cool. And it's nice to see that. Like, you know, when we talk to, uh, when we talk to bourbon house too, those guys being from, you know, like somewhat rural Wisconsin, we're seeing more, you know, 
not only seen more of that, but it's been that way for a long time that rock and roll does come from the rural areas as well. There's some sure. rural areas. Yep. So what stuck out from you from our conversation with Rick? Uh, well, the hippie Christian thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, in fact, he worked at Guitar Center for a while. And uh, just that he's, you know, been able to make these connections so fast in, in Alabama, you know, and it's gotten, you know, Dixie Mafia and Apostle Outlaws, which I'm going to have to check into as well. Yeah, the um, Outlaw Apostles look exactly like a band that we would talk to. And like I pulled them up when work was talking about them, took a look. Dixie Mafia's a veteran group of musicians that kind of like Rick have been around a while. And this Outlaw Apostles is an, looks like a newer band, a younger band. For sure, yeah. And uh, just, uh, you know, <laughs> the other, the, when they're opening opening for Foghat and the opening band before them, you know, the, the Steels is closed. <laughs> yeah. I would be more stressed about that, I think. He, he was great. He lapped it off and was able to do that. But, it, like, I would be nervous because I'm playing for this big act, historical act, and then all of a sudden my stage attire is gone. Yeah. I would be, it would stress me out, but he took that all in stride. Yeah, it seemed like it worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, but having said that, uh, always remember, Southern Rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time. times I took you for granted. Lord, what would I do if I didn't have you, baby? Why do you love me so good? I'm nowhere near the kind of man that deserves to be laying in your bed, oh baby. Why do you love me so Than I need it to be 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 